With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in Peterborough. We're two days away from Jordan Gill headlining his own Sky Sports show. I'm with his trainer, Dave Colwell. It's been a while, mate. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. A few weeks, hasn't it? A few weeks. It's been more than that, oh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. Hmm. Yeah, as I mentioned, your man Jordan Gill headlining. Firstly, how do you think he's? Well, how is he coping with that, and uh, what does that add to him in terms um, of pressure? There is a lot more pressure on him. Mm. Uh, all fighters out there, I'll, I'll tell you that have experienced it. There's a big difference between um, being on the undercard and just being a you know a bit of a side note when when there's a big main event to being the actual main event yourself. Um, because because of the way that his career's um, progressed, because he had you know the, the problems at the beginning, he went 18 months um, without boxing, and then we had a couple of little fights, and all of a sudden he had the, the Cunningham fight, and then into the um, boxing on Tony's undercard, and then going into the um, Doyle, uh, fight. Doyle fight. It took each each one's been a little bit of a step, a little bit of a step in 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 progress, a little bit of a step in in exposure. Uh, so it's all led to this point now, and it's and I think the timing's right coming off, you know, such a good performance against Doyle. Um, you know, he's had he has had a lot of fights, even though majority of those were meaningless fights. Um, it's just growing and evolving as a fighter, and so yeah, his mentality, the, the his ability, everything all all adds up right, and, and it's the perfect time. Mm. Obviously, he has been on a big stage fighting for a Commonwealth title. He came yeah. through that. But this is a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, because you're headlining your own show. Mm. And um, the show's about you. Uh, there's, I think there's going to be about 2,500 people in there. When, when, we, uh, when we spoke about the show, Eddie was talking about you know, looking for a venue for the old 1,200 people. Um, Jordan himself has done 
but, you know, I think he's done over a thousand tickets. A thousand? Yeah. Himself? Yeah, himself, personally, he's done about a thousand tickets. Um, so he's, he's, he's done well. He's done very, very well. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's 900, 900 or something or, or a thousand he's done. Um, but it's in between that, that figure. Either way, it's um, impressive. So yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's fantastic. Um, but with that comes, does come pressure. And he won't know how he's going to adjust to that until we do the ring walk, until he hears the crowd. And, you know, it affects all sort of fighters, but it affects fighters in different ways. I remember when, uh, when Tony Bellew uh, boxed at Goodison, and just before we went out to, uh, to fight, over the music, you could hear the crowd chanting his name. That was a big thing. It's like, wow. But he soaks it up and he just, you know, he took that and he used that as, as energy for, for the fight. Some fighters would um, not fold, but would all of a sudden get a little bit more nervous, you know, start, start feeling it, let, let the pressure get to him. Jordan's a very, very cool character, but he's been around people like Tony now and, and he, he's kind of, you know, pick the brains and, and he's been around that sort of situation um, with other fighters and uh, each step that we've had um, he's, he's took in his stride I think the last fight was a lot more of a pressure situation for him because he's come from a guy that, that nobody really talks about mm. and I was really interested in this in his mind he's thinking this is my big opportunity Commonwealth title fight he's in a fight against so everybody thinks he's going to get beat or fit, you know, at least 50-50 on paper but everybody that was interviewing him was all talking to him in a way that he was going to you know he's the underdog and going to get beat um, and he felt as though I have to win this fight otherwise Eddie's not going to be interested in me anymore Sky aren't going to be interested in me anymore and I'm back to square one struggling again so there was more pressure on him there once you've broke out of the pack then it's about discipline in in being able to ha- mentally discipline yourself to not let the the sideshow not let all the distractions affect your performance on the night so he's got to remain disciplined if he remains disciplined mentally then he'll go out there and he'll perform and he'll look a million dollars he'll do what you know he'll do what Jordan Gill is mm. which is you know express himself in a, in, a, in in his in his talent in a fantastic way Someone that you speak very highly of, um, for, for someone that hasn't really had many fights, um, obviously he's won the Commonwealth title, but you've given him a lot of praise, uh, sort of in the media. Now, this fight, if he comes through it, will earn him a top 15 ranking. Yeah. Um, are you still interested in fighting for that British title, or are you jumping straight on the world scene? Um, do you know what? It's a little bit more, it's a little bit more complicated than what you'd think. Yes, we'd love to fight for the British title. And up until the last fight of Ryan's, um, we was there, we was, you know, we was ready to take that fight. Mm. Um, but Ryan won the fight, and then his, his brother immediately shouted out the ring, saying, you know, come on, he, he, he wants to move on. He's, he's, he's earned the right to move on to fight for bigger fights. No, just, and he was really respectful. He was like, no disrespect to Jordan. But it's another domestic level fight against another kid that's coming through. Ryan's been defending this British title for years. How many defences has he had? Six or seven? I think it's about seven seven Mm. defences, which, let's be real, kids earn earn a cracker at something bigger. Mm. Now, I totally understand that. 
I, I get on well with, with Graham Everett, his, his coach. I, I, you know, I get on well with the Walshers themselves, and I, I get where they're coming from. Ryan's coming towards that stage of his career where he wants, you know, he's not, no disrespect to him, but Jordan's 24. I think Ryan's 30 or, or 30, 31. You know, getting, getting into that sort of bracket. And, and for the light, lighter, um, uh, lighter weights, that's, that's knocking on a little bit. Um, so he wants to test himself and he wants the bigger fights. He wants to taste those bigger nights. And I get that, I understand that, I appreciate that. So if they're wanting to go on to something else, then fair enough. I'm only interested in, in plotting what Jordan Gill's going to do and what his steps are. Mm. Um, the, the WBA International is a stepping stone. It's a title that we want, it's a title that, 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 that we're going to value. It gives him a, a top 15 ranking, breaks into that ranking, and then I can get him more learning fights at that level, at you know international level. He's still got to learn. He's still about experience. Um, like I said, for his first 16 fights, really, a, a, nothing. He's learning now. These are the fights. Your Cunninghams, your Doyles, your, your, your Dominguez. You know, these are your learning fights. These are where he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make him as a fighter, prepare him to, to get into world class. But that's down the line. Um, if the British title fight comes up, before we get into true world class, then, then yeah, we'll, 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 okay. we'll go for that route as well. Okay, that makes sense. Anyways, moving on from Jordan Gill, there's been a, a lot going on in your life. Uh, breaking news a couple of weeks ago when you linked up with Derek Chisora. Yeah. Now, it's <laughs> crazy how this all happened. So you've gone from Hay and Chisora, who were the worst of enemies, <laughs> who's now managing Chisora, and then you've got the manager who used to call you Penvold yeah. at press conferences, yeah. now calling you up saying, can you work with Derek? Is that how the link-up came about? It, yeah, it literally is. Um, I, everybody was saying about how shocked they were um, and um, how it was so left-field, just nobody saw it coming at all. It was like that for me. I'm, I'm sat at home with, with my wife and my kids and my phone goes and I looked at it, it's David Hay. I said, I remember showing my wife the phone. I said, David is calling. So, broke my daughter. She knows David from, from when I worked Haymaker. And she's like, David, what's, what's he ringing? I was like, I'm going to find out. Went into the kitchen, answered the phone, and a bit of chit chat. You know, as things, as kids, blah, blah, blah. This, this, this. And uh, then he, he came out with it. He said, you know, I want you to, uh, <laughs> I've got a proposal for you. I want you to work with Derek. I was like, okay, right, okay, let's chat. And we got into it, we had a chat, and um, we came up for a session. And after that one session, it was like, yeah, you know, we want you to work with him. How would you, how would you feel about it? We had a little chat and how things are going to work, and um, yeah, we got there. And it's been, now we've trained, now this is, the end of our third week working together and do you know what he's slotted into the gym he's slotted into the way that I teach he's um, he's very very do you know what he surprised me he's very very coachable I, I wasn't sure how coachable he's going to be but he's, he's great he's great and he, he, he gets on I train him separate like I train Jordan separate I train my fighters separate but they overlap and 
the banter in the gym's great. He's just fit straight in, and, and you know all the lads have, have took to him straight away. You know he's, he took the other guys, and and he's a good fit, and you know it's, it's some good work's getting done. It's interesting that you had David A's number saved still. I've got people in here from years and years, mate. So <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. To be, to be fair, um, the reason why I've got this number is because um, after um, after he got injured in the first fight, mm. um, I messaged him uh, just to say I hope, I hope you're all right um, on his Instagram, and um, then I ended up, uh, we ended up speaking. Just bits about it's just about about kids about stuff like that and and, and you know because his his boy uh, his boy Cassius is a is a very sporty kid tennis player He's tennis yeah. very very good tennis player so what I see on his stories uh, Cassius he knows that my little boy is playing football and 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 mad on football because you've got a common thing there it's kind of like, we never spoke about boxing it's a it's a thing about that you're talking after after the second fight where we've kept in touch you know just just talking about the kids every so often. And then obviously he's, he's called me, but we've not we've not spoke actually physically spoke since since fight week of, of the second fight. Yeah. What were your honest thoughts uh, when Del Boy lost the rematch with Dylan White, like immediately after? Oh, do you know what? That was a for me that was a, 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 a not a difficult fight. Well, not difficult, but it was a, kind of a, a difficult fight because I like them both. And obviously there's this big intense rival between them, but mm. I like them both. I get on really well with Dillian. Um, I've spoke before, Dillian will always, you know, I'll always hold him in high regard because when my little boy was ill. Yeah, it was our interview, he, Tommy. He was, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was messaging me about him and yeah, that, you know, that speaks volumes about him. Mm. Forget about perceptions and things like that. That tells you what a man's about. Um, but Derek, I know... Um, as well through through Tony coming up and in coming to my gym sparring with Tony and being around you know uh, fight nights and things like that so I've known Derek for a while as well um, so I know them both so when 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 that fight ha- happened I can't I kind of like um, <laughs> so anyways carry on <laughs> when um, when that fight um uh, happened I was like well I'm going to sit back as a fan because I know it's going to be a great fight mm. and I want to I want to be good forever gets beat the way that it ended was really good because I didn't want to see any of them get you know knocked out um, so so yeah uh, I thought Derek did great in the fight I thought it was a very very competitive close fight um, and he got caught I, th- I think what happened was to be honest in the fight it seemed as though once he got that second point taken off him he, he, he perhaps pressed the panic button a little bit and started mm. swinging and started looking, looked a bit ragged, looked a bit tired. Um, and then Dylan caught him with an almighty left hook and that's heavyweight boxing. Mm. Were you any sort of, I don't know how to phrase this, were there any thoughts going through your head where you thought Derek might retire after that? Not after that one. I'll tell you when it was, after the second fight. Okay. Now, I knew he wasn't going to retire, but my thoughts then were after the Takam fight because it was so hard because it was such a hard fight and he took such a lot of punishment mm. and it was brutal and he looked old in that fight and I thought and in fact I said to Derek then I went man that's, that's a tough fight I, I, I know you're not going to retire but I'd love to retire there walk away on that 
but I know he, he just had a big win. I knew he was going to get a, a big, a big fight after that. But then, in the in the Dillian fight, he looked a lot fresher. He looked a lot sharper. He got he got started looking after his body, putting the right foods in, started doing uh, a lot of fitness training, <coughs> S and C work. Got himself in good shape, reinvigorated. Um, obviously, the ending is the ending. Um, but in the three weeks that he's been working with me, he should, I said to, I've said to him myself, um, he surprised me about how much he's got left in the tank. He's, he's not, he's not the Derek that fought Takam, and that's a big thing. That's a big thing. He's, he's, yeah, he's got a lot left. He's got a lot left. No, I'm sure you'd have seen David Higgins's comments. Yeah. Hey, what did you make of them? Um, I was a little bit, I was a little bit confused at that because I, I, I'm sure I saw something where he said. I don't know if it was a week ago or something like that, where he said that we'd been in training for weeks um, prior um, and we were just trying to catch him off guard, you know, been working away with his new trainer. This is the end of our third week, guaranteed 100%, you know. Um, so I don't know where he's getting that. Um, but as far as I know, um, the fight was all agreed. The fight was basically... Dave comes to me and, and, and the fight was... As far as I know, the fight, I'm not his manager, so I'm not dealing with no, it. No, no, no. But uh, as far as I know, and, and I was aware, the fight was, that's what we were working It was done. At. That's what we were working towards, is Parker fight. We just had to get him to, to, to agree to it, sign it, whatever. And that's it. Nothing was signed, nothing was, nothing was done. Nothing's ever done until it's signed. I think we all know that now about, about boxing. Um, but every new kind of terms and su- as such and, and what was happening. Um, what I got told was a little bit different to what's come out, as in why they were running an R in um, when it's come, you know, when it's come out that that, that uh, Higgins has said what he said, and the fight's definitely dead in water. Um, they've got their own reasons why the fight's not happened, but we were ready, um, and they did know about April twentieth. They did know about that day. The thing that runs through my mind when I hear that is potentially Joseph Parker's got another offer. That's what I think. Tyson Fury, yeah, basically. That, no. So, so what I heard a few days after the the Dave Higgins interview, a couple of days after, then I heard a rumor that he was in the frame to fight Tyson Fury. Mm. Then I get it, and it's like fine, fair enough, that's cool. I understand that um, that Parker wants to fight Fury rather than Derek Chisora. I get that. More money, high profile fight. Um, a lot of people see Fury as, as being the man because of uh, how he fought against uh, Wilder. Um, so I get that. I completely get that. Um, they've also got a bit of a, I suppose, a bit of a working relationship. I, I might be wrong, but might have got a bit of a working relationship between the Furies because obviously he's fought Huey. Huey. Um, so there is that dialogue there. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. I get that totally. Um, and I can't blame him for it. What? What? Like I said, what I did think was a little bit when I heard it was this fight. Oh, apparently we've been working away, you know, weeks and weeks with his new trainer, and and they were trying to we were trying to shaft him on a date. No, they could have just said we've got the Fury offer. We can't take the Jazora yeah. fight anymore. But then, uh, but then again, maybe, maybe because at that point when I heard about uh, uh, Parker, I don't think they'd announced that Wilder and Fury was off. So maybe it was a case he couldn't say that, mm. but maybe he shouldn't have just 
said anything and just kept his mouth quiet and for a couple more days really I don't know I don't know like I said I'm not I'm not Derek's manager David's his manager so David and Eddie will sort all that kind of things out I just take the blows on the pads I know that but you must be sort of in the loop about a potential opponent or opponents for yeah. Derek April 20th have you got any updates um, no nothing that I can say um, nothing that's finished or finalised myself and, and David look through that and, and we've been communicating about that and looking and see what we can what we can get and and then Dave and, and Eddie will go off and do their job is it a bit of a struggle because it seems like Everybody's most of the heavyweights tied up yeah yeah, yeah. most of the you know meaningful fights and whatever you're all tied up um, so yeah uh, you know uh, Pulev's tied up uh, Manos Charles got his Trevor Bryant fight. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, great one um, you know uh, you're talking about Wilder Brazil but then it, yeah sorry it was supposed to be Brazil and, and Dillian but then now he's Brazil going to fight Wilder, Wilder. so many different permutations in, in the division right now Uzi Povetkin yeah, probably yeah um, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that are took up um, in negotiations so therefore we're trying to get an opponent quickly now because time's ticking um, but then if you've been told to hang on by X, Y and Z how long are you hanging on for before then they take another fight and you stood there with wee balls in your hand and you've still got no opponent um, so it's a little bit you know um, but we've, we've, we've you know we've looked at a few different opponents now and I've said yes and we've just got to wait and see what happens so it's definitely going to be April 20th? I can't say definite. I don't know. Right? Until until you've got an opponent locked in, you kind of don't know. But we're training for April 20th. Okay. I'm going to throw some names here. Kalnaki, has he been in the list? No? Lewis Ortiz, he's fighting Christian Hammer. He's fighting, he's fighting Hammer, But that's yeah. this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if he comes through that? Um... No, not really, because we're very close with something else. Um, okay. So, but you can't. The thing is, when somebody's got a fight, you can't kind of like wait when you, when you know you, when your weeks are running out and running out. It's hard to like say, "Oh, we'll wait until this fight is done." But let's. I'm not being funny. Let's be. Let's be real. Ortiz is a guy that well, coming off for a knockout. Why? It's a southpaw. He's a good, good southpaw. He can punch. Yeah, he's old, but it's still, you know, it's still good enough to give Wilder problems. Um, why, why do you need that fight? I'm, I'm only being honest from my point of view. I haven't even spoke to, to Dave about about Ortiz, Ortiz. <clears throat> but from my point of view, why, why? If if he, if Ortiz is all right to be swerved by everybody else at the top, then why should why should why should uh, my first fight with with Derek? be a fight against such, such a tricky horrible southpaw who's been swimming all season <laughs> oh. just saying he's not he's not he's, he's not been fighting the big names has he until he fought until he fought Wilder, Wilder. You know, he's, he's the one that everyone seems to think that everyone swears okay um, what's Derek in the game for does he want a world title still or a shot at world title oh, yeah yeah um but he understands he's got to earn that right. He's got to. He, we need a big win. Mm. You know, we need a big win. Um, that's why he went straight for Parker, because when you beat Parker, it puts you right in the mix. You know, if you beat somebody like that, it puts you right in the mix. Now, obviously, 
has all these names. That's why we've been looking at different names, you know. Um, but obviously, as these names are tied up, um, they've got their own fights or they're all on plans or whatever. Then you're going further and further down. So then maybe then in this case, right? Okay, it might be a case of this fight. That guy we beat him. First fight together. First fight fight. Still gonna be a decent fight if you beat him. Then you can target another bigger name. Get that one beat, and then you might be in a position to fight for a title. You just don't in, in this heavyweight division. You don't know what's gonna happen right now. You don't know. You don't know who's gonna be fighting who, mm. and, and what's gonna be the situation with the belts, and you know. Um, but he wants the big fights. He wants the big fights. I think Derek needs big fights to to get up for as well. How many fights do you think he's realistically got in him? Um. Well, when 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 I spoke and and about coaching him I um, I kind of had me and I thought well, I think looking at him I'm thinking probably got about probably got about three fights left in him mm. um, I will look at it as fight by fight and that's how you know when, when a fight gets to that sort of stage that's what you look at fight by fight mm. if it's three fights like um, it, or if it's a couple of fights like the Takam fight no, no yeah no don't need you, that you can't, you can't, you no. can't do that um <clears throat> But if it's where he's, he's, he's performing better um, and and not taking as much punishment, then let's let's see where it goes. Let's. The most important thing for me, for Derek, is that he wins his next fight. Then we assess. Then we look at it. You know, um, and and then we take it from there. But from the three weeks that that we've been working together. Um, He's got. He's definitely got more in the tank than what I thought, and he's 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 doing better than what I thought, and yeah, it's it's going well. Did you watch the Gal Eubank on the weekend? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Thoughts? Oh, sad. Mm. I do, do you know what? I feel like I'm 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 being um, being a bit unfair on on Eubank Junior. and and thinking about. He's it, definitely you know. not getting the credit first. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. I I get that. And do you know what? I'd. I, can't help but say what I, what I think, but I do feel bad because I have kind of like tried to say about what I think about Eubank as well. But I think the, the thing that sticks in people's heads more is that people see the me that saying that I've got it because James of two years ago would have won that fight, and the the James who who had the skills and the and the youth and and the you know the ability would have been able to outbox Eubank Jr. But that's facts. I mean, I'm not being funny. James was a very, very good fighter in his day. I said going... I can't change my mind because going into the fight, I did say that if DeGale had anything left, he would outbox Eubank. If he didn't, I thought Eubank had end up stopping him. That was my worry for him. And I didn't like that fight from right from the start. I didn't like that fight for James. But, you know, um, Father Time works for no one. And he, he was just, I think more more than physically, I think mentally he was a shell of what he used to be. He fought like a man that didn't believe he could keep Eubank off him and outbox him. So he was throwing himself at him mm. one shot, grabbing, trying, trying not to get caught with another. That, that's mentally a fighter that's been at the top, fighting the good names, the top names, that going into this fight against a guy who's been beat a couple of times, you know, who, who people don't rate the movement or don't think he can he can live with him on a boxing scale. 
he was straight away on, on boxing like as though he didn't 100% believe in as soon as soon as you went caught him once that was it that was it so I thought it was sad to watch but I like James and, and I get on with him on a personal level I, I get on with him I, you know, again he's somebody that I've got to know through through Tony William um, so yeah I, I was I was wanting I was hoping that James would win the fight and I was gutted um, but I was gutted to see him you know and, and his career like that but having said that and I've said it every time I spoke about this you ain't showing improvement I, I, and, and I will give him credit because he deserves a credit because you could see in there right from round one you could see in there that he's, he's now he's working with coaches he's listening to I'm not saying this coach is better than Ronnie Davis or anything that he's worked mm. with before I'm not saying that what I'm saying is he's listening to this coach and he's actually looks like he's working on things it actually looks like that he's, he's, he's trying to implement things that he's working on his jab was better I thought his feet were better you know, just in every so often he closed the range down really, really fast. Now, the more that they work on him, and the more that he works at it, the better he's going to get at that to be on a consistent level. Mm. Um, and I thought his his brain was actually more finely tuned because you could see him right from round one. He was setting traps. I knew that when James throws his back, that backhand, he's going to fall in. He's going to he'll fall in himself, and he was waiting for that right hand to counter. And and I thought I thought he boxed well. I thought he, he he was definitely an improved fighter, definitely an improved fighter. But the thing is, from from going from the Groves fight where his feet were that bad, and how he was just even when he got up close, his the way that he pushed, put his punches together were, were poor. Look at him when he closed the range down with, with James, or, or I mean, and how he closed the range down with James at times. You can see such a big difference. And so now I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to seeing his progress. Now, now he's got that. He's got that. You know that mentality where he's listening to a coach. Now I want to see this progress. Now I, th- I think now we're going to start seeing him improve fight on fight. Um, the only thing is, is you know he's not a young kid anymore, so he's got to he's got to get on with it quick if he wants to get into the big fights and uh, and be you know be a, a dominant force in in the division. Then he's got to kind of like get a move on quickly. The other thing that I would say is, again, I don't know the kid. I don't, I don't know any, you know, about his training, how he makes weight or anything, but I would think that he's going to be more suited to middleweight than super middleweight because he ain't doing anything with Billy Joe Saunders because Billy Joe's gone up to super middleweight. I can't see him beating Billy Joe Saunders in a rematch, so I can't see him beating Cam Smith. These guys are just, you know, Billy Joe Saunders style-wise is just all wrong for him and skill wise it's all wrong for him um, Callum's just too big and too good at middleweight with a coach where he's progressing and he's learning and he's getting better as a fighter I'd be interested to see what's like I mean I'm not being funny it's, it's, it's an IBO title so it's not like he's got a major title that he's, oh, you're going to give up you know it's an IBO so go back down to middleweight and, and see if they can make the big fights at middleweight I'd be interested to see him in, uh, back at middleweight Speaking to him and the father, I think they're only just interested in the Billy Joe Saunders rematch, to be honest. Are they really? Yeah, wow. especially the father. Um, I said to him, if wow. Eubank comes through the girl fight, what do you want next? He was like, Billy Joe Saunders, no he's got way. to avenge that loss. And really, at middleweight, it's all over the pond, really, isn't it? With Canelo, Jacobs, Golovkin. Mm. Um, yeah. If they want yeah. a big domestic remember, clash. it wasn't long ago that we were shouting for Golovkin. I oh, know. Well, Senior said he'd beat Golovkin. Yeah. Timing. 
they might wait until Blavkin's a little bit older. I think it depends what's going to happen with Billy Joe, uh, whether this fight he's having will still be for a world title because we're not sure whether Ramirez right. is vacating or not. It's all quite messy. But I think if it is for a world title and Billy does win that world title, I think that, that rematch is inevitable. For, for finances, from a financial point of view, then that, that, is, that is a big fight, isn't it? It's, mm. it's, a, it's a big fight for him. Um, I just can't see him beating Billy Joe Saunders. Um, uh, unless, unless Billy turned up completely disregarding him and thinking that it was going to be a walk in the park and 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 then he just got surprised. I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know. I, I can't see it. I can't see in the time frame that it's going to take. I can't see because we're not talking about a little improvement for him to catch up on something like Billy it's a it's a vast improvement because Billy Joe Saunders is better now than when he fought him he's better now than when he fought him you know he um, I, don't, I don't know I don't know I just, don't, I just think it's that style that he wouldn't he wouldn't figure out um, because DeGale was DeGale was still hard for him to pin down and Apart from in spots, he'd catch him in spots, but he never, he didn't, he didn't really dominate, dominate. Other than the reason that he was the one that was trying to make the fight, and DeGale was just trying to get through the fight. If De, if if that was a Billy Joe Saunders that fought on that night, that's actually throwing hands and 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 balanced and 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 boxing from mm. that southpaw stance, being smart, then then I, st- I would still pick Billy Joe Saunders. Do you understand? Mm. Um, so that's, that's what, I get what you're saying about the middleweight division from that is that is, mm. that is tough being you know being scattered around like that so if it's super middleweight it's super middleweight but I just think it's a you know it's a tough them two names it's super middleweight Billy Joe and I has gone up to super middleweight um, and and Callum Smith are, are, are two very very big asks um, I'm, I was a bit surprised about Billy Joe moving up to super middleweight to be honest so much yeah. I was very surprised about that we had the, the shot at his old title with Andrade there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, so, I was surprised about that um, because uh, I think I, w- I would have loved to have seen him going against the top guys at middleweight because I think that, again, I don't know him. I don't I know him so little too. I don't know him, his training patterns. I don't know anything. So it's hard for me to say on the outside and say, mm. you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be boxing. <laughs> uh, so middleweight, you should be down at, at middleweight. I don't know how, how, hard he makes, how hard it is for him to make the weight. I don't know. I spoke to Billy Joe, uh, interviewed him straight after his decision to go up to 68, and he just felt that he was never going to get that Canelo or Golovkin right. shot. Yeah. And the fact that you've got Callum Smith, Eubank, obviously DeGale was there previously, yeah. that the domestic clash yeah. is what he wanted. Right, um, okay. so I understand that then. Yeah, I understand that. Again, it's not chasing the, the, the belts, it's chasing the, the bigger fights. I get that, mm. I get that. He's, a, he's Again, he seems like a kind of kid that needs that challenge to bring it out of him. He needs the he needs the the big fights. He needs people talking about it, stopping him on the street and saying, "Oh, when are you gonna fight him off?" Do you know what I mean? That's what some fighters need. You know, he, he can you can fight um, for world titles against foreign guys that that nobody general public haven't heard of. And yes, it's a big achievement. Sometimes they might not get that buzz because he's been around the sport for a long time. Mm. Uh, he's been boxing a lot of years. He's probably just wants the big. You know the big packed, packed arenas and and the big fights that people are talking about. So I get that. Mm. And the fact that all the other middleweights, Andrade, Jacobs, Canelo, and it looks like Golovkin's coming to the zone. Yeah. They're all on the zone. Billy Joe's not on that platform. Probably 
probably does make sense mm. um, you've got Eubank there now as well at 68 yeah. get that rematch on but we'll see what happens mm. just a word as well on James Degas obviously officially announced he's retiring yeah. I think in most people's opinion the correct decision oh, as yeah. well yeah 100% 100% uh, yeah. it's it's sad how it's, how it's ended but it's ended and, and he's had a great career what a career just look yeah. back at his career and the thing is from amateur to pro what he did as an amateur and then he took that in as a pro you know um, and also early on in his career he had he had this is this is you know when you talk about young prospects fighting each other and oh save it save it save it no he took a loss to mm. George Groves but yet they both went on to become world champions that's that's what can happen in boxing you know you learn from it you move on and look at the fights that James had, had since you know that, that for me those two when they fought each other I remember so many people saying oh it shouldn't be happening now but look at the careers that the pair of them had George Groves look at what he went on to achieve you know fantastic career and then James Gale fantastic career and it, it's getting you know it's, it's it's mad because I'm seeing the start of these kids careers and now I'm seeing the end of their careers and you see them all the way through you know Tony obviously David Hay uh, George and uh, and Chunke I've seen them all start and I've seen them all finish now and it's, it's coming to an, you know it's an end of an era for British boxing um, but it's been a fantastic era and these are guys that have been not all just not just good fighters that have achieved great things they've been great personalities you know, they've got they've got British public whether you love them or you hate them whether you're team Chunky or team Gross whether you're team Hay or team Bellew you know it's got people involved it's got people talking it's got people excited about the fights that they've had um, and it's you know it's been a great year and now we've got to look at the, the, the next 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 breed that are coming through and they've got some big shoes to fill yeah as you said the storylines with the the Hay Bellews, the yeah. Grows, the Girls, the yeah. Frotches, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've been so lucky to have them. Yeah. I think we realise sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do you know the thing is, we, we say about after after every era, you know, when an era closes, oh, you know, I can't see where, where next generation are going to be as good as that. You know, we had Ben Eubanks and Calzaghi's mm. and people like that. You know, there's always that next lot that will come through. You know, boxing, it's, it's, a, it's a sport that will always, always, we'll always find characters We'll always find people that are going to excite you. And we'll always find people that you want to invest in. Mentally, financially, emotionally, you're always going to get that. You might not see it at this moment in time, but time develops characters. And, and the more we see them, the more we start seeing a little bit more of the personalities. And we start, oh, yeah, right. Okay. You know, and it's funny how, how you, your perception of fighters change. You know, it, it's like, when you don't know somebody, you want to see what, how they are when you see them on TV. James DeGale, I, didn't, I, I couldn't stand Absolutely. James DeGale earlier on his Absolutely. You know, I, I, I could not stand him. What a nice guy, though. He's a, he's a genuine mm. kid. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely fella. Um, you know, again, I, I got to know him through Tony, and, I, and um, he's a really nice guy. Mm, yeah. And so your perception completely changed, and then you start feeling bad because you think, I used to think you were a cock. And, and you know, but it's this is what I'm saying. I think Tony's the same as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. In early doors in his career, especially, you know, he didn't have much love, and outside Liverpool, and then mm. that's topsy turvy. And you know, it's, you're you're on a you're on a um, it's like a storybook with with these <laughs> fighters. You, you know, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and and you're on that journey with them, and you you're following them all the way through. 
and the thing about boxing is that I think uh, our characters and our, our fighters, our heroes, if you want to call it, they're a bit more accessible than than what a footballer might be, and so mm. you can. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing because you they're not when we do interviews they're not really after a script they're not prepped by media guys um, well your boy Fowler definitely isn't no no <laughs> but that's it but, that, but you get into no personalities this is the thing whether whether you like them or you hate them if you've got an interest in them mm. interest in them you're following the sport there's more people talking about the sport so it's, it's just the same as me there's certain people that, that I'm not a fan of but I'm, I've got an interest in them so it's good for the sport, you know. I think that's far much better, far far better than um, having a spread of fighters in your country that very good, very decent fighters, but I've got zero personality. And I remember, I remember uh, German boxing when that was playing. When you had, you know, you had university promotions, you had arena box, then you had salons coming Talons, through at yeah. the time. Um, and they had all these yeah, there were loads of world title fights going off in Germany German boxing was massive but did we care? no one cared no nobody cared mm. you know and that's not saying that they weren't any, any good as fighters but if, if you don't care there's no personalities there's no, no, no vested interest in them so you're not bothered mm. you know we, we've, we've got a lot of characters in our sport and the only thing is is, is is sometimes people go overboard with the hatred there's no need for hatred there's no need to, to waste your energy hating these mm. fighters they're, they're all whether you're whether good, bad, brilliant they're all giving everything they've got and they're all putting their lives at risk every time they go in the ring and it's for our entertainment um, and they're all putting everything into it they've all got their own dreams and they don't deserve the hatred that gets it that gets put out to them even if you don't like them do you know what I mean there's no need to be like vile that some people are mm. and, and wishing certain things on people but it's because they're accessible because they let you see that personality mm. you can't really hate somebody that doesn't let you see a part of the personality but at the same time is you're only seeing a bit of the personality you're not seeing what they're like when they're home with their wife and kids you're not seeing what they're like when they're you know when they're coming to a fight and they've got nerves or you know things aren't going great in camp and doubts they've got you don't see none of that side of things you only see what what you're allowed to see in interviews mm. and what you see on fight night mm. definitely um, Dave we will talk about Fowler Fitzgerald later um, do it on fight week probably but listen I appreciate your time on IFL TV it was 45-50 minutes that Oh long stretch I said yeah entirely true that is <laughs> shit people have switched off after about 15 minutes uh, I hope not well I'll, I'll find a good quote to put and uh, hopefully that'll keep them going <laughs> anyway probably, probably controversial knowing <laughs> exactly, you exactly exactly alright thanks for talking as I said to us and uh, we'll catch up with you after Jordan's fight yeah cheers nice cool thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.